0: Welcome to the Redeemer Central podcast, Redeemer Central is a church community in Belfast seeking to practice the way of Jesus and work for the peace and common good of our city. For more information visit RedeemerCentral.com My name is David Armstrong and I get the privilege of leading the team that leads Redeemer. Today's episode is a little different. Normally we post sermons and teaching to this podcast, but as we continue under the social distancing measures in the midst of COVID-19, we've began exploring some other formats, and so today's episode is a little different. We're going to listen in to a conversation that I had with two very good friends and fellow leaders in our community, uh, Ryan Hawthorne and Stephanie Wilson where we discuss how we've been dealing with all the changes to life over the past few weeks and also give some reflections on what a a realistic but hopeful Christian response might be at a time like this. If you're listening at home and you need some support at this time, let me encourage you to reach out to us or visit our website, email one of the team. We would love to see how we can help or support you right now now it's time for the podcast so settle in we hope it's both encouraging and helpful grace and peace to you today we're um, on the redeemer central podcast and i am here with two really good friends um i'm here with ryan hawthorne and stephanie wilson and uh we're connecting online on zoom like everyone has been in the last few weeks um how are you guys doing doing good Dave. yeah good to be here yeah I see ryan sitting, Ryan's sitting in his little study and uh, stephanie are you in your living room at the moment
1: yeah, I'm in the front room, sitting, chilling, looking out the window.
0: With some <laughs> nice sunshine coming through.
1: Yeah.
0: Awesome. So uh, I'm just sitting in my study here and we're trying to just record a little podcast um, just to see how each of us have been coping with, living through just all the changes in, in our lives over the last few weeks and perhaps share a little bit of reflection and thought that we've been having as the preaching team, ultimately, in, in Redeemer. Um and hopefully it'll help um, anyone who's listening today um so ryan ryan you're in your study at home which i know is normal for you every day uh, mm. as an architect but how has it been the last few weeks um with the social distancing measures and how's life for the hawthorns at the moment yeah interesting times of course as they are for everyone um
2: yeah so i as you say if i I usually work from, from home, um, run, run my business from home. Um, and uh, the last couple of weeks have seen a fair bit of change with um, my three kids being at home, my wife, who's a teacher, being at home. And uh, so routine as we normally know it has kind of gone out the window um, in the Hawthorne High School as we try to homeschool our kids. And my wife, Jude, as she's a teacher she tries to um, set work for her pupils in her school in Lisburn as well, so that's kind of been interesting. And as I tried to, I guess, wrap up business for the short to medium term, as the construction industry has basically grown to a halt, um, and that's been interesting, so we've been coping with all those things, which has been fun uh, and a little bit mad as well. Um, so usual re- usual routine has flown out
0: the window as we've readjusted to life at the minute. So yeah, it's been interesting. Yeah, what's it, what's it like being a being a parent at home with kids at home all the time, trying to keep them entertained and in routine and all yeah. that. Yeah, it's uh, each day brings its own challenges.
2: Um, so uh, it's been it's been equally fun and equally mad. I think um, we're beginning beginning to kind of adjust and, and find a better routine and what we're doing. Um, uh, so yeah, it's be, it's been it's been challenging um, trying to get out for exercise each day, exploring the countryside and the the nearby woods around us, and trying to do that as much as possible to avoid going stir crazy. Um, getting creative with the kids in the house. <clears throat> loads of art equipment and that kind of thing and out in the garden sending them out to the garden as often as possible and trying to create a little bit of routine without being too structured
0: is really how we're approaching yeah. it. So it's been fun yeah one of the things I really noticed um I've been working from home myself um here uh, in my little study and um, Beth has been she's been going out to work every day and in a lot of ways, I'm used to working from home, much like you ran. Like just um, uh, usually have a couple of days in the office and a couple of days at home. So, and in some ways, life's not that different. But I've been noticing just as the weeks have gone on here that, and I've read a couple of blog articles about just how different this is for everyone. You know how different the experience of social distancing of the COVID nineteen outbreak of all the sort of implications of that just affect everyone in different ways you have people like yourself your parent your parenting kids at home and schooling them at home and then obviously myself and my wife Beth we're at home just with the dog and Beth's going to work every day and I'm working from home it's just very different experiences and then you Steph I know you're Mm. nearly Mm. in a sense like you know right in the in the midst of it working for for the NHS every day mm. and the changes to the services you provide how has it been for you the last few weeks
1: um so yeah I as you know work in mental health services for young people so we've had to kind of reconfigure the service uh from a five day a week to seven days a week just because of the need at the minute um and we're trying to I manage a team of there's 12 of us so We're trying to all just be in the office two days a week and then the rest, we're at home and on call. Uh, And so we're working in very different ways and playing with a few ideas. Steve, then he teaches, so he's at home full time. So we've kind of, we're trying to find different spaces in the house where we can both work. And then Mm -hmm. Tom, who was at art college and living independently, is now home. So we're all trying to rumble along together again. And it's fun, and all we talk about is what we're cooking next. Uh, um, But I've found the space, actually, um, I'm baking bread and Mm -hmm. growing kefir milk and making little potions for immunity, and I've found those rhythms utterly beautiful. Mm. So I'm, I'm, I'm choosing at this point, I think, and I suppose we all know that this is the beginning of a period, and I know it'll probably get where I won't have those options. But at the minute, I'm trying to grab the opportunities for doing things and just enjoy them and be grateful that I have them for now, knowing that maybe in a month's time my work life will look very different.
0: Yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah, so we life's changed for for all of us, and um, mm-hmm. um, I was just wondering. I love to hear from you guys just about how. Um, you know, are there any routines or any practices, uh daily daily routines that you have, even individually or even with your families, um, that you find to be to be life giving at this moment? You know, we're confined at the minute to our homes so much that I think it's really important that we all get get some routine in place to keep to keep ourselves sane. And but have you guys discovered anything aside from? Aside from the cooking and 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 the starters, just the you making like <laughs> you making like a loaf of bre- like a loaf of bread, and then like so was it a, star- it a yeah. sardo starter stuff that you'd-
1: yeah, started, you? Yeah, sardo starter, and I've got my kefir milk. I make kefir, kefir milk, milk every yep. day, and um, mm-hmm. but yeah, we've a dog, so that's a great opportunity to get out in the mornings and early. And we were talking the other night about how how loud the bird singing is which I'd never noticed on an early morning walk before. And it's beautiful. And that's life-giving to me at the minute, the silence. And I've also noticed how many people are out walking. So I'm loving the connections, obviously distant, but I've noticed that in the community, just where I live, that we're all out and just checking in each other in a different way. And, And there's something that... That I want to hold on to, in that instead mm-hmm. of everybody just jumping in their cars and heading on. So there's those rhythms of walking and being outside. I think that is where I'm finding quite life giving at the minute. Although it's baltically freezing every day, but it's bright.
0: Is that little little Monty is keeping you occupied then? Mm-hmm. Your little pup. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what do you just see? What do you see at the moment?
1: He is ten months. And maybe slightly less bonkers than he was, but not a great deal. <laughs> so the regular walking is good for him and it's good for us.
0: Yeah. Mm. Yeah, Beth and I, we've we've nearly got a one-year-old, um, Fergie, a one-year-old dog, Fergie, and she's um, we, we're convinced that she's actually wanting her own introvert time. She's wondering why we're <laughs> around the house so much. That she, keeps, <laughs> she keeps going over to the door to get out. Um, <laughs> But yeah, yeah, walking walking for us has been really important as well. Um, mm-hmm. We've been trying to just get those ten thousand steps in every day, and mm-hmm. um, and pretty much just mark the day off at around five pm with a walk. Beth and I would walk around the Ormeau Park or um, along like the Logan the the Two Path, um, mm-hmm. and or sometimes just go out to Sea Park or something like that. Just take the dog for a walk, you know, and. Depending on what time we have and um we've got more time than usual at the minute, so it's actually been really nice mm. to do that. But actually just marking the end of a work day because we're working from well, I'm working from home. Yeah. And um yeah. it's been a really good, really good routine for us. Um we started a little bit of yoga as well. I've never done yoga before. Mm. I've done a little bit of Pilates, but we've I've only done two classes now, but we have started it and um trying to do that in the mornings a wee bit as well. Um What about you, Ran? Have you you started any routines or, or continued any practices or um, stuff that keeps you staying and alive, you know, while you're at home? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, Yeah.
2: Kind of with everybody being at home, our routines are kind of done as a family, pretty much. So we, we exercise has been a a a big one for us where we've been dialing into Joe Wicks every morning you know that (laughs) guy the Mm -hmm. PE guy the the Londoner yeah it's kind of a little bit annoying but you know (laughs) does its thing and I'm absolutely crippled completely and utterly got middle-aged man trying to get out of a trying to get up off the toilet actually is the most painful thing it's
0: (laughs) like rails. it's like Russell Brand (laughs) in in Lycra isn't he Joe Wicks yeah
2: But Jude and I are enjoying that, and the kids joining too. Yeah, and we've been out. We live in a small village, Parkgate. Everybody in the village is out walking about the place, and it's it's great, you know, having those socially distant conversations with your neighbours and Mm. other villagers has been really good. You know, everybody's eager to stop and talk, and there's a there's quite a close sense of connection actually at the minute in the village, which is good. Um the kids all wrote letters to our elderly neighbors around us and um, put our phone numbers in it as well. And they've been ringing in and having wee chats and just sharing what's going on with them. That's been kind of really nice thing to do. Um, so that's been kind of fun. Um, I, I usually have quite a working as I do by myself, usually. I usually have quite a quite a rhythm to my day uh, and that's been completely thrown out the window at the minute as I can kind of <laughs> do a little bit of work when I can when the kids are kind of doing their schoolwork at the minute with their mum. I'm trying to do a little bit of work in here and get things kind of tidied up and signed off so I can actually down tools and avail of whatever help the government's going to give um, to me so <laughs> we'll see how that goes but um, yeah so I've been doing that but uh outside of that, when your world gets smaller than it usually has been, and you're kind of very much focused on um apart from when you're venturing out, whether it's for work like you, Stephanie, or you know if we're going out mm. to walk or up to the woods or something nearby or out to the shops, you know those are the, the only real opportunities to venture out at the minute. I very much find that the four walls in our garden have become a real uh haven almost I suppose you know um there's been opportunity to to really get into the garden during springtime which I really enjoy and that's become like a contemplative practice for me in these days um getting out there and get my hands dirty get my hands into some soil planting pruning all that kind of thing um and also as you say Steph the the birds in the garden um Mm. I built a bird table the other day because I'm just absolutely fascinated by these little birds that are flying around and I just very much feel God speaking to me through those very ordinary things in these days so I would say that my usual kind of contemplative practices of scripture and prayer and silence have almost gone out the window at the minute we're doing Mm -hmm. little bits of that as a family with the kids but um, for the most part um, I feel like life is becoming contemplative in different ways so experiencing God very much in the ordinary things of gardening and caring for the birds and going for a walk in nature with your family. So mm-hmm. it, those have become very important practices at the minute, and I, I I sense God in those and through those and speaking to me through those as well. Uh, and that's been life giving. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. I was going to say, you know, we've over the last few years we've been teaching quite a few. Um, we've been learning mostly ourselves and then had the privilege of teaching the Redeemer community around contemplative practices and the contemplative stream of the Christian faith. Mm-hmm. Um, has there been any of those? Um, you, you mentioned a few there, Ryan, that maybe have gone by the wayside, but have, have there been any, Steph, around any of those practices that you've gravitated towards over the last couple of weeks in particular?
1: I think for me, I've really gravitated towards the silence mm. um, because I've been very struck by the the lack of noise, you know, generally in the community. And I've really enjoyed just sitting, trying to pay attention to what comes up for me. So I've found being very intentional during, maybe at lunchtime, I sit on my own in, the, in this room and just think and wait and I think my prayer life now is much more me just sitting silently focusing on the presence because Mm. it's almost like words just you know I I watch tv I limit how much I watch tv now but I, I watch tv and I'm you know the grief is immense and the horror is immense and the fear is immense and so I've been choosing to take time just to sit very much in silence and wait and just wait for peace to come. Yeah. And sometimes that is actually a choice I have to make. <laughs> that I mm-hmm. choose peace. Um and how do you feel peaceful in the storm? I think I've I've been really drawn to that idea. Um mm. And I find the noise and lots of words and people trying to add meaning to everything. I, I, I find that quite unhelpful or dysregulating. I think mm-hmm. there aren't any answers to this or, or easy fixes or we're just going to have to wait and trust.
0: Yeah. What about you Ryan? Have you, is there any that you have been been gravitating toward?
2: i i would say that i would i would for the for the interim period i feel like our family life has been noisier than usual Mm. so silence would have been silence would have been my thing i've Mm. practiced centering prayer for four or five years now and that, that would be something that i would always have gone to and would have been a Uh, a very regular discipline in my life. I wouldn't say it's a daily discipline, but it would be a very regular discipline in my life. Um, uh, And I miss that. I miss that at the minute. So I feel a little bit discombobulated at the minute. I'm kind of, I'm out of rhythm, I would say at the minute, and trying to find a new rhythm. So we're, as a family, we're, we we have already been exploring little methods whereby we can, just experience God together as a family. So we're we've been trying a couple of different things together, and we are going to use the little Lectio three six five thing and just stream that up onto the TV together as a family and sit in the couch and and uh, do it together uh, and see how it goes. That that that's our idea at the minute. Um, I I feel like I I, I would like to. Um, do something that's just for me again <laughs> at mm-hmm. some point, but uh, I'm just being honest, I'm, I'm out of rhythm at the minute. Yeah, it's, it's not happening that way at the minute. I'm, I'm still reading um, uh, as I always would be reading, but yeah, I'm, I'm out of rhythm when it comes to contemplative practice. It's gardening and bird watching at the minute, and I gotta say, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, for Beth and I, we've been. Um, and over the past week she she was working from home and we just began a morning routine of using that particular app the three the lectio 365 app um so i'd make a cup of coffee um a little v60 cup of coffee in the morning for the both of us we'd sit down and we'd use that app and we would just like let that lead us through it was and it was particularly that week that the app was producing content, particularly related to the coronavirus um, yeah. outbreak and, and the fi- five or six days were really excellent. But we would just use that as a, a meditation and a springboard to then pray together. And like you, Stephanie, um, our prayers just keep kept coming back to <laughs> the the peace of God mm-hmm. and praying that God's peace... Mm-hmm. That, that, when God's kingdom, that prayer that Jesus taught his disciples, um, you know, uh, firstly to, to come before God as our Father, and then calling on His Kingdom to come on earth as it is in heaven. You know that when the Kingdom of God comes, the peace yeah. of God, the Shalom of God comes, and that was that's been our prayer every every morning. We've just been praying mm-hmm. that the peace of the Kingdom of God would would reign mm-hmm. over our over our household, over our mm-hmm. hearts. Over our families, households, um, and even last night we gathered online, um, as a Redeemer community, there was maybe about fifteen of us, uh, had a prayer gathering online, and we were, um, again that theme came up again and again about the peace of God, and we, we shared that passage in Philippians four, um, yeah, where it just says, um, uh, let uh, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice let your reasonableness be known to everyone the lord is at hand do not be anxious about anything but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving let your requests be made known to god and yeah. then this next line this is verse seven um of philippians four and the peace of god which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in christ jesus and then if you, if you go forward a few more verses in verse nine, um, it says, whatever you've learned and received and heard in me, practice these things and the God of peace will be with you. And there's just this real relationship there between prayer, and practice of prayer, and then the guarding of our hearts and minds in peace, in, in this idea of peace. And I think at this time, more than anything, um, there's so much that we, we have begun to realize when we begin to think on the sober end of just everything that's going on, we've begun to realize there's so much that we're just simply not in control of, oh, yeah. Yeah. but we can come to God and guard our hearts and minds in prayer and in Christ Jesus, in his presence through mm-hmm. spending time in his presence. And so um, that is always available to us. So that's been the thing that we've been doing. Um, and it's been quite simple to do that every day, but um yeah. that's the theme that I feel like the spirit has just been putting on my heart and our hearts. Um yeah. I'm very, that... very much with you. Sorry, Steph. Mm-hmm.
2: I'm I'm okay. very much with you with you there, Dave. Um I like anxiety is is a theme that keeps cropping up amongst a lot of people you know a lot of people are feeling very anxious in these days um, uh, I'd have to say I've experienced a little bit of a, of myself just the, the 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 unknownness about the future and in particular I would say that it, the unknown about my own my own work situation at the minute I was causing a little bit of anxiety but um, I've been meditating quite a bit on that passage in in Matthew 6. Do not be anxious about anything, you know, where um, where it says, look at the birds of the air, they neither sow nor reap nor gather in the barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And uh, honestly, through the birds of the air and Mm. feeding the birds in our own garden and Mm. just observing them, how they haven't really got a care in the world, you know, and I've taken great uh, comfort from from those words of Jesus, actually, you know, do not be anxious about tomorrow, you know, your Heavenly Father cares for you, no matter what the external circumstances are that you're going through in your own life or in the world, Um, your Father cares for you, he knows what you need, Uh, and I found a rest and a peace in that, as I just held on to that and allowed the little birds that prophesy to me, actually, you know. I um, mm. feel like St. Francis here or something, you know. Yeah. <laughs> You'll find me out in the garden, you know.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: And I, I think what I was going to, what strikes that, that, I think there's been misunderstandings about that. Do not be anxious about anything. As if then, if you are anxious, you're somehow not faithful yes. or you should deny it. Whereas I think it's saying... You can be anxious, but underneath that is this beautiful promise of peace. Mm -hmm. So, and I think, you know, we can sometimes people of faith think we can't, we should deny any kind of negative emotion or that shows that we don't actually believe enough or have faith enough. And I, I don't read it that way. I think it's saying, yeah. That yes, you are. We are living in anxious days,
0: mm-hmm. and we
1: do not know what. I, I don't imagine one family will not be impacted by this COVID nineteen in a personal way. Mm. But so there is anxiety around. But there's also I am with you. The 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 promise of Jesus when he was leaving the disciples, I will be with you always until the end of the age. And I think that's the bit that I cling to in these days that
2: Mm.
1: no matter what comes in the next few months for me or for my family, I am with you always. And, And that should bring me and bring us real comfort. Because it's not offering us an answer or it's not saying it's all going to be fine because we know it's not. People around the world are devastated. But I am with you always is the... Is the comfort, or is the hope, perhaps, that we have?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's beautiful. Um, just that promise of God being with mm-hmm. us is—I mean, that is the—that is the story that we live in, isn't it? That is yeah. the story that we live in. That we—that we are God's beloved, mm-hmm. and He is with us. And um you know, I know the th- the three of us have been talking over the last few days about things we've been reading and things we've been reflecting on just in the midst of what you know what COVID-19 is doing to our world and the reactions that we've observed maybe in friends and family and Mm. um we were I know the three of us were we were sharing online the the article that that went out it's it's made the rounds online by NC Wright um Mm. who we um our great admire great admirers of. and um, it was uh, in Time magazine. I'm forgetting the title of it. I think it's um, Christianity and the coronavirus. Um, but I have this quote from it. Um, you were just mentioning Stephanie about you know this desire we have for certainty and for explanations and anti- um, Wright really begins to address that. He says this. he says, "No doubt the usual, su- the usual silly suspects will tell us why God is doing this to us. <laughs> a punishment, a warning, a sign—these are knee-jerk, would-be Christian reactions in a culture which generations back embraced rationalism. Everything must have an explanation. And then he goes on to say, you know, rationalists, including Christian rationalists. um It's interesting that the I'm thinking about you know that verse we spoke about in Philippians about God's peace surpassing all understanding. I sort of I've been praying that surpassing rationalism surpassing my rational thinking Mm -hmm. and he uses that he says rationalists want explanations romantics want to be given a sigh of relief but perhaps what we need more than than ever is to recover the biblical tradition of lament lament is what happens when people ask why and don't get an answer it's where we get to when we move beyond our self-centered worry about our own sins and failings and we begin to look more broadly at the suffering of the world so he's really he makes this argument in this piece it's quite a short piece I'd really recommend it to anyone listening to go and check it out about you know the real really the only realistic I guess response particularly for Christians particularly for those who are following Jesus um is this biblical tradition of lament and that that tradition that that practice of lament of of grieving of like paul says our spirit within us groaning like mirroring the very groaning of creation the longing for things to be different is that's part of that's part of this story that we're in you know that god is with us but that we live in this world and we long for it to be different Mm -hmm. and that god is renewing it but we sit in the reality that we find ourselves in. Um, how, how Have you guys um, found that, that line of thinking, that article, maybe how has that sat with you as you've read it maybe even thought about some of the other reactions that you've maybe had yourself or maybe friends and family have had? Um,
1: I think what struck me was he said something about how in COVID-19 the church doesn't have the answer because there isn't actually an answer you know he was saying and why the church doesn't have an answer and I think that really resonated for me because I thought it's our rational part of us that wants to be in control and have a reason and understand and be in charge when actually there are no answers to this this is just a a horrific thing that has happened before in the course of time and, and and these things happen but what is the church's response? It's to weep with those who weep, to mourn with those who mourn, to be Jesus to our neighbours, to use the opportunity to speak to a bigger story that we are caught up in. And I suppose if we have to have an answer to this, then maybe that's the answer. That um, It's like the other night, I watched just a very quick footage of a Syrian refugee camp and just a deep pain... And horror overtook me at the thought of, oh, what, what happens there if that virus hits that camp? I mean, there's no answer to that. It's just utter horror. And I imagine that as a response of heaven as well. Horror, you know, the grief and the loss and the sadness and mm. the loss of life will be immense. And, mm. and that is, there's no words for that. There's no answer for that. It is just that deep, but yet we go back to that piece that passes passes the rational understanding mm-hmm. because of a greater hope for something
0: more. Yeah, and that's the thing, isn't it? That sometimes, you know, I know that like maybe this this particular article or this particular line of thinking can get criticised because it's like, well, you know, we, yeah, um. We're, we're christians aren't we? we we do have this hope we're victorious yeah. in christ and and but you what you're saying stephanie is not you're not denying we're not denying the hope um, no. but we need to sit in the reality of the mm-hmm. circumstances that are that are just so horrid and horrible mm-hmm. and awful mm-hmm. and devastating mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah Ryan how's this sat with you as you've been reflecting on some of the themes that have been Go around, maybe particularly the Christian community, but even in your own thoughts and your own conversations with your family or friends yeah it's been it's been super
2: interesting to kind of observe um the responses of of Christians of various stripes um there's a lot that goes under the banner of of Christian out there in social media land and even even in the in the news today, local news where um there's a particular person who shall re- remain nameless I guess um who's talking about this particular crisis and the way that it's affecting Northern Ireland as being God's judgment for the recent abortion and gay marriage laws that have been passed and I find that just utterly absurd on the one hand that somebody has such a... A skewed view of who the father is that they could even see mm-hmm. see him as being one who would bring this against you know the people of the earth, but even more so, just the narrowness of talking about it as God's judgment against Northern Ireland. It's just so odd. I find it so odd. Um, so that's one example that's quite disturbing and it just brings out all those feelings that many of us maybe have as christians in northern ireland of just wanting to hide your face and shame from the christian community and dissociate in every way possible from it because this is the stuff that's making the news um it's utterly bizarre um and then on the other hand the other uh, you know other other um, corners of the Christian world where they seem to be completely flouting um, the government's advice uh, to practice uh, social distancing and um, all in the name of freedom of religion uh, and believing that we're, this is all part of some huge conspiracy. And again, it's, it's just so embarrassing, the things that go under the name of Christianity that are out there in the public realm for the, the onlooking world. And surely, surely we actually have a better story to tell than than these things. We actually, yes, there is, there is a, a correct place for lament in all of this, you know, as Ecclesiastes says, you know, a time to weep
0: mm-hmm. and a time
2: to laugh at the appropriate time. You know, when the world is mourning, we should be the ones who... Open our arms in comfort to those here mourning, yeah. and put our arms around them and mourn with them, uh, and serve them in, in their discomfort. Um, so you know, it's um, there is a better story that the Christian community can absolutely tell in all of this, and and, and hope. Hope is the word for it. I do believe. You know, um, you know, we do have a story. Um, that, that looks to a better day, that that sees that better day being enacted in the now, where the kingdom of God is a reality that is in the earth today, that the gospel is going forward, that Jesus is alive, and that there is, there is joy, there is peace, there is mercy, there is love to be found in him, actually. Mm-hmm. And, and those things are a reality, and those are the greater, truer story. Um, that the world is blind to, as it's eaten up and by its own anxiety with all that is going on. Uh, uh, something else that I've been thinking about as well recently is, you know, we, we all have a tendency, um, I guess, to, to look to those in par, in a sense for some sort of security through all of this. So, you know, I find myself as a small business owner looking to the government to see what support they're gonna give me financially for, you know, business wise, or we look to the NHS for, you know, our healthcare needs and so on. And I've just been coming back around again and again to, you know, just the foundation in my own life, which which is Jesus, you know, uh, the foundation of Christ in my own life, and you know, my the foundation of my own life, our own lives, our community's life is not ultimately in a government that is trying to do everything. Well, you know, say what you want about the government; they're trying to do what they can to respond to this situation, um, or um, the healthcare service that we look to when we're sick, when we're in trouble, and we go to them for healing, for care, for recovery. Um, and yet I have to recenter myself again and again and say, no, those things are good. And those things are blessings in our lives, but ultimately our security, the true security for our lives and our soul is, is found in Christ. Um, and just finding a rest. I feel like I find a rest for my own restlessness, Mm -hmm. um, in the shalom of heaven that is only found, you know, at the foot of the cross, it's only found in the presence of Jesus um and i I just I'm constantly returning to that in these days, I think. Yeah
1: and I've yeah. also been really struck by I think there is a people are are aware that they're facing their own mortality now, maybe in a way that we tr- we don't talk about, but I've noticed in work there's lots of conversations about loss and grief, and is this it? And I think as Christians, it's like you were saying, Ryan, most of the time I find it almost embarrassing to call myself a Christian because of some of the most unhelpful stuff. And yet at the minute, I think we get the chance to tell a better story of something that is beyond us and is not in this world or this life that we do see a bigger story going on. And so I think there's lots of people are left wondering so is this it and you know when you're stripped of you're literally stuck in your house all day you're not going buying and shopping and filling and feeding yourself you're down to the very basics of life you you realize what's actually of value and I find there's there's beauty to be found in that in in our lives and our worlds becoming so small yeah. in an enforced smallness that's not Negating the horror, or you know, the difficulty that that might be for families, but I think that as the people of Jesus, we have a an opportunity to talk about where our groundedness comes from, or Mm -hmm. where our hope comes from. Um, that is maybe people are more open to that in these days. I've certainly thought that, and I've been struck by that.
2: Yeah, that little phrase from our recent preaching series, um, becoming a non-anxious presence. I think it was in an exhausted world in that preaching series, but I think perhaps Mm. today we could say in a a fearful world, in a terrified world, you know, there's a call on us as the people of God to become that non-anxious presence Mm. in the midst of all this
0: tumult that's out Mm -hmm. there.
1: Yeah.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. There's something about this moment that we're in that's just, it's emphasizing or calling us back to, you know, you mentioned it, Ryan's story and Stephanie. You mentioned the story that we live in more than ever because sometimes we, it's it's like we, there are these pillars in our lives, aren't there? You know, our health or the government and our the the, the things that are um. They've nearly been been constants in our lives, and some mm. of these are actually beginning to shake mm-hmm. a little bit. The economy, for example, is mm-hmm. completely tanked, yeah. um, and that has serious implications for people. The health, our health, is is a threat. Um, the government is at capacity. The NHS, which is an amazing institution, is still so so much under so underfunded and at capacity. And these things are shaking, and it's. Mm-hmm as christians it's it's i believe it's there's not, at a moment like this this is a moment to just to remember absolutely the story that we are part of you know and that we belong to um you know that you know i think it was is it over 80 times in the scriptures uh, the hebrew scriptures um it says do not fear do not be afraid there's a theme of um the word of the divine, the word of God, coming to you know into the human story, is saying, "Do not be afraid, mm-hmm. um, do, do not fear. I am with you." And then Jesus, in his life, continues that, saying to his disciples, "Do not be afraid. I am with you, even unto the ends of the earth." Um, and yet Jesus didn't deny his. He didn't deny the the, the the lamenting, and he wept over his the city of Jerusalem. You know, he wept at the at the tomb of his friends. You know, he. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but he he knew the story he was living within, which is one that is ultimately one of hope. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so, I just feel like sometimes, and I maybe want to say this to myself, you know, I we can so easily just bypass nearly like going trying to trying to come up with like an explanation for all of this or something nearly just Mm -hmm. forfeits and bypasses all of that. Mm -hmm. You know, it, it negates the hope because you don't need it. If there's an explanation, there's an answer and it negates the lamenting. Mm -hmm. And you just, you skip those emotions and you go straight to this, you know, one plus one equals two. And I don't believe that's the story that we live in. I believe it's, you know, the story we live in is to to be the hands and feet of Jesus, to be Mm -hmm. his presence in this world. And, um you know there's nothing as powerful as that that verse in first john uh first john 4 isn't it you know perfect love casts out fear you know Mm -hmm. and the story that we're part of is one of love and and it's ultimate perfect love that ultimately casts out fear and and, you know we live in the story that reminds us that you know as you were saying ryan god provides for the the consider the lilies consider the birds Mm -hmm. you know give us give us each day our daily bread and we're really being invited to practice that now more than ever not just say it but actually you know practice it um as we close here as we close here is there anything that you'd love you know for for those listening um is there anything you'd love to leave with anyone who's listening um as an encouragement as a meditation a reflection a prayer is there something that you'd love to to leave with them it can be a simple thing or can be a uh, as profound as you guys can come up I know you're capable of that. Is there something that you you love to leave with people? Mm.
1: Just as we've talked, I've been thinking about, you know the series we did about Ruth coming up to Christmas and about Mm. the Redeemer Kinsman? And it was just a reminder of that promise that we live under the shadow of his wing. And I think I've been really thinking about that, that um, in these days that I have to... I heard someone say hope always has the last word. And I think hope only has the last word if we give it permission. It doesn't have the last word generally, but we have to give hope permission. And and the hope that I have is based on knowing that I live under the shadow of his wing. And that is where I get my hope. Um, So I think that's what, um, and that's what I choose to, to live from and out of, and I give hope permission in my life
0: to keep me there. Mm. Mm. That's, that's great. It's really good. Love that, Ryan. Is there anything you love to leave with anyone listening today? I, um, I, I guess, I guess, just an encouragement for
2: for people to um, embrace this moment that we're in at the minute. This moment that feels so strange. It kind of feels mm. like we're. We're in an in-between space, a liminal space is that 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 phrase came to me today as I was thinking about this this moment that we're in it feels like we have crossed the threshold from from one place the way things were before and we don't know what things are going to look like on the other side of this but we have this space in the middle which is this kind of lockdown phase where we have this enforced um, time where our worlds, many of us, our worlds have become much much smaller, and I guess just an encouragement for people to embrace that, to mm. embrace the presence of God in all things. When we feel mm. like our rhythms and our our lives have have been upset in some way, and we're we're trying to find a new rhythm, just to open open our awareness to the presence of God in all things. As we talk about quite a lot in, in Redeemer, I think, but this is an opportunity to do that, to allow the small things. When your world becomes small, you can allow the small things to really speak to you, for God to speak to you through those, um, to experience the presence of God in the small things. Find, finding joy in the small things, I think, is is kind of, my sort of mantra at the minute mm-hmm. like um mm-hmm. about the birds and the gardening and those kind of things they bring such joy to my soul even house plants i saw mm-hmm. them <laughs> <man. laughs>
0: i turning into you always aware <laughs> I don't, yeah you said around <laughs> no i love that i've 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 been reading um and this was just think. My final thought in closing is this book from glenn Packiam called "Broken, Blessed, Given," but it's, oh, yeah. it's it's really just summing up what you said, Ryan. Like, because it's a book that explores this this idea of of this of the sacraments or a sacramental worldview, and mm. you know, a sacramental worldview is is looking at looking at ordinary, everyday life and seeing those as portals into the presence of God. Yeah. So the bread and the wine are portals of god's presence you know his his life broken for us his blood shed for us but the spirit is in and through everything in creation and so there's not this ordinary world and in this supernatural world there is there is everything together and as we look upon the plants the flowers creation we get to Mm. see and experience something of god in that that he is he is not abs absent from us but he is with yeah. us and in his creation and i think i think one of the biggest dangers perhaps that we can so easily do and i think nt right gets at this too is we can bypass the you know as our friend dave wiley said last night the fallow the call to the fallow the call yeah. to the to the rest and we can just fill up our lives with mm-hmm. netflix and all the good things that are helpful but we can just be be as busy as ever and we can miss Mm -hmm. god's like fingerprints in the everyday life as we move through it as ordinary as it might seem right now he is with us and he is present um so yeah um um i hope we can get to do this again guys i've really enjoyed the conversation we've talked for quite a while about trying to do a podcast and Mm. we finally got there and so (laughs) if you are listening today and you have gone for the 45 minutes with us you um thank you for tracking with us we hope it's been helpful somewhat it's our first time doing this and maybe maybe there'll be more down the line um Mm. but yeah um in closing, we just want to pray um, grace and peace be with you. Um, and we'll hopefully see catch you soon. God bless, Amen. guys. See you, Steph. Amen. See you Amen. around. Bye. Thanks yeah. for the bye conversation. Bye. See ya. Bye.